Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, leadership coach, pastor guy, entrepreneur, guy that knows it all, been everywhere twice, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Well, first of all, I don't know it all. And secondly, I haven't been able to play. Um, but uh, I'm doing... I was looking forward doing, to your, your your new book, Humility and How I Achieved It in Three Easy Steps. But there you go. It's it's yet to be written. <laughs> yes, Humility with the subtitle, Why I'm So Awesome, right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jim, I'm doing I'm doing well. Uh, been on the road Good. Uh, quite, a, uh, quite a bit yeah. uh, lately. And, but it's been fascinating, you know, Jim, as I've been on the road, um, I've, I've been interacting with a lot of pastors. I mean, just yeah. a lot of pastors yeah. from all over the country, um, different sized churches, different denominations. Yeah. And it's always uh, fascinating what you learn when you just hang out with these yeah. guys for a few days yeah. and uh, what's going on in their world. And, uh, you know, some of the things that are going on in their world are are tough. And, uh, yeah. and surprisingly, you know, there's some really good things going on. Yes, uh, there are. Yes, in their in their world, you know, and and I really like to talk about the that today, the good things that yeah. that we're seeing. Um, you know, I don't know if you if you subscribe, Jim, to to any blogs or podcasts, uh, but sometimes I read the titles of the blogs and the pods, and I find myself wearied by the the negative yeah. headlines or the negative narrative. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you heard or not, but. But Christianity no longer exists in America. I'm not sure if you know that or not. But according to the headlines, we uh, we've been extinct now for ten years and just don't know it yet. And uh, I, I think when the church got involved in politics, then the media got involved in the church, you know, in, in a different yeah. way. And yeah. as long as we're innocent and off to the side and separated, then they'll leave us alone. But I think once you get engaged in in any way, you're there's somebody on one side of a line, somebody on the other side of a line. And so I, I'm with you that the media. Uh, the press, the statistics. There's there's plenty of bad news to go around, by the way. It's not like they're lying about yes. this, but you right. can get really discouraged with all the bad, bad news. Yeah. And I think it's easy to it's it's easy to point out what's wrong with something. I think that's human nature. Yes. Uh yeah. that, that's and it's it's harder, I think, to to point out what's good. Mm-hmm. And uh and so what I'd like to do today, Jim, is talk about some positive trends. Yeah. Uh, that we're seeing, we're noticing across our network of clients. Our network of clients, by the grace of God, spans 14 different denominations, yeah. and uh, it is spread out, spread out across the United States and into Canada. And we're so grateful for that reach. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I uh, so what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is I'd I'd like to do this in two parts. So uh, yeah. this is episode 159. In the next episode, I'd like to unpack. Uh, so I'd like to unpack two today. In the next week, uh, unpack two more. Does that sound like a good plan? Two weeks of good news. I, I can take that. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right. So here's the four. I'm going to just give the four positive trends we're noticing. I'll just give kind of yeah. like the highlight of it. And then we'll dig in yeah. to the first two. So uh, here's the four things that we've seen. Uh, happening uh, across our network one is that uh the giving of people financially has been spectacular that's just yes. been a beautiful trend um 
Secondly, there is new growth happening in churches. And, yeah. and here's the beauty of it. It's not primarily transfer growth from another church. Uh, a lot of growth uh, is, is represented by people who are new to church. They are, this is yeah. their first go, or they've been away from church for a long time and they're coming back. So we yeah. really excited yeah. about that. A uh, third trend we're seeing that is really cool is simplification. And I think I think if we have a hobby horse, that is one of them. That we yeah. we we are always encouraging leaders to skinny down their playbook, and we're start and we're seeing that now, not across the board, but enough to be encouraged about. And then the last uh, one, the last trend that we're noticing is there is a renewed focus on on health and yeah. well-being and we're really excited about those so those are the four uh yeah. trends that i'd like us to unpack over the next couple of weeks right on well it's just good to have good news and you know it's funny you you talk to the pastors you talk to i speak to the pastors i speak to and i i agree with everything you just said there there's almost a surprise in there like huh you know maybe attendance is down a little or or there's new people that don't yet know how to give and yet our funds yeah. are are doing well it's healthy um, yeah. what is going on? And uh, what, what are your thoughts? Why do you think that is? Why why are, is giving doing well? Yeah, well, let, let, before we we I give you those, I, I would just say this, that yeah. um, I would say probably 80 to 90% of the pastors who we work with, who uh, since the beginning of the pandemic have told me they're experiencing record levels of giving. Now, yeah. That's interesting, right? In light of all of the challenges they've had, uh, for the vast majority of churches, giving hasn't been one of them. And yeah. I don't know if that's God just being gracious. You know, if that's maybe that's the answer. Um, yeah. But I wonder what you think, Jim. Why do you think yeah. <clears throat> reality? Because I mean, you're still pastoring um, yeah. actually a, a church. Why do you think that might be? I, I think in our situation, it's at least two things. One is the the mainstreaming or mainlining of online giving. That it okay. used to be, you had to be in the room. You had to remember your checkbook. You had to bring cash. You had to make a decision mm-hmm. on the spot before the bucket got to you. And and now I think people are making that decision well in advance. It's part of their budget. And because the economy, even, even during COVID, the government jobs, at-home work, uh, $17 an hour at Kentucky Fried Chicken. There, there yeah. was plenty of money going around. One of the reasons we're in the financial situation and as a nation we're in right now, there was just so much money going around. So people didn't change. If they were, are, if they were not on, we encouraged them to get on because they weren't coming yeah. to church for weeks. Once on, they established an ongoing recurring gift. So it's nice because yeah. a blizzard financially is the same as Easter financially is the same as the middle of summer is the same as late fall. So it used to be that the ebbs and flows, that's no longer there. There's a real consistent, well over 50% of our of our giving and, and well over 50% of our gifts are now online. And I yeah. think the second thing is that that the church played a unique role uh, in the world that had value during COVID. Uh, yeah. If the church was being the church, it was uniquely positioned. We had a the, the Mott Foundation, for example, has never once partnered with a church. It's part of their charter. We do not work with religious organizations because once you work with one, now you're kind of obligated to work with others or you're considered biased. But because we were doing something that they valued, they wrote us a, a very substantial, one of the largest gifts in the history of our church 
check so that we could then, because we had the connections and we had the outlets and we had the people and the service and their, mm-hmm. theirs were shut down, but they saw such a need. So they gave us, you know, uh, six figures to say, change the world with this without, without any, don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about God. There was, there was no strings attached. Take care of people. So the church yeah. that was active in caring for the community and online giving, I, I think is two of the reasons why uh, okay. giving is doing well. And, and and so I would I would say this if you're leading a church, pastoring a church, and you have not uh, taken uh, that step of in- implementing online giving, boy, boy, uh, uh, reach out to us and uh, we'll help you figure that out. Uh, if you if you yeah, need very that. simple, uh, because it's uh, it's yeah. really you, you really hit the nail on the head. You know, Jim, I was thinking of a couple of other things too. Why why giving? really even during the pandemic and afterward has just um, been so good and so consistent you know i I think people who abandoned ship during the pandemic probably weren't consistent givers for the most part yeah um and and secondly i i think for those who remained there was this sense of there was there was a generosity that i really noticed and appreciated a sense of duty even and and maybe even like as you said a miraculous component to it, right? The Mott Foundation yeah. never, yeah. never have done that in the past, and and so I think as uh, if you're listening today and wondering, you know, well, well, that's that's really interesting. What should I do about that? One, I think I think uh, figure out the online giving piece for sure. Here's another one. I think teaching our people to be properly related to money on a regular basis bears long term fruit. Um, yes. You know, it to me, yeah. it was beautiful to watch people who had been givers for years step up their giving even more. So I would say this, don't yeah. avoid the money issue. You're not yeah. helping the people you lead when you ignore it. And and so I, yeah. I would say that would be a takeaway. And, and here's another takeaway. And I think this is a more philosophical than anything else is that money is easy for God. Mm-hmm. Hard for us sometimes, but very easy for him. Uh, you know, when when you see a, a a huge impact or reduction in the number of people attending, and yet you see the giving not only stay stable in many instances, Jim, it was going up. Um, yeah. You know, the math shouldn't work like that, right? But in the majority of cases. It is. And, and uh, you know, I've heard some people say, well, part of the reason is because during the pandemic, you couldn't travel as much and people had more money to give away. And, and you know, I think there's some validity to that. But but look, I think God wants to settle the this issue for all of us, you and me, Jim, and everybody listening or watching yeah. today, is that he is an abundant provider with inexhaustible resources. Money is yeah. not hard for him. And so yeah. those are my thoughts around the giving piece. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I like the thought of we didn't go to the movies. We didn't go out to eat. We didn't go on vacation. So we had more money. I, that may have been true to begin with. But if that is true, now, now that there are movies again, now that we are on vacation eating in restaurants, the, the giving has not gone down because of those new expenses added back to our lives. So the hope is, like you're saying, they learned that planting seeds is a good way to produce, you know, gardens that produce more fruit, that produce more seeds. That would be a, a wonderful lesson for this generation to have learned. 
And I, and I think, you know, if, at our church, we don't, we do talk about giving, we do talk about tithing, we talk about offerings and alms and missions, but, but the umbrella statement is we, we desire to be a generous community. We want, if we're known for anything, you know, I, I, the day of the church being known for what it's against will probably never be over because we are countercultural to every culture mm-hmm. since the resurrection of Jesus. But we should also be known for what we do, not just for what we don't do. And, and being generous is one of those great ways. You can, you can fake friendliness. You can't fake generosity. You know, either you are or you're not. Sacrificial That's giving, right. and et cetera. So I think it's a great thing. Uh, and again, God will always bring good things out of bad things if we'll let him. So maybe that's one of the good things that came out of COVID is, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the generosity has been stimulated in the people of God. Yeah. And I love it. So be encouraged about that. You know, yeah. Yeah. You're listening today or watching. Here's the second trend, positive trend that uh, we've observed, and that's new growth. Yeah. Uh, during the, the heart of the pandemic, uh, church leaders were telling us that they had seen reduction in um, attendance yeah. uh, anywhere from 30 to 60 percent. And, uh, you know, most of those people that left didn't return. Yeah. Interestingly enough. And, 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 and you know, Jim, there's, I have two emotions with that. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I feel sad in in, yeah. in some ways about that. Um, I I feel I feel sad for those people in a way yeah. Yeah. that that something uh, happened during that caused them to lose fellowship with other believers. The other emotion I feel is joy. That's really weird. It's yeah, yeah. There's sadness and there's joy. And I and the joy part of it for me is really related to the leaders. Look, yeah. most of the people who left and didn't come back were disproportionately difficult pastor. Yeah. And and so, you know, uh, there was a consumerist <laughs> mentality yeah. there. There was yeah. uh uh um uh, uh, bandwagon almost thought process, a uh, 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 pretending, pretending uh, element to that. And those yeah. are the hardest people, in my experience, to lead. And, yeah. and so while I'm sad, there's also a, a sense of, okay, this group that's left, the new people who are coming, this new growth that is coming, I believe at some level are easier to pastor. Now, Jim, Tell me if I'm all wet on that. If I am, you know, I'll. No, I'll, no, I'll, you're I'll, right. Uh, you're right on. I, I've never talked to a, a grapevine. Uh, at least I've never heard it talk back to me if I did. But I, I would imagine pruning is a somewhat unpleasant experience. I would imagine that these things that have grown, there's hopes and dreams attached to them, there was ideas. And imagine when the vine dresser comes along and cuts off certain things. It's it's an unpleasant experience. Um, but the vine dresser does it because there's more fruit available to the tree if it's if it's more focused. So I, right. I heard something. I, I forget where it was um, or who said it, but uh, Rob Loy actually is the one who said it. He said the church will be smaller, but but more effective coming out of COVID. And when he said that, I was in a room full of pastors, and the room went huh, that may be the first good news we've heard associated with the word smaller. 
but he, mm-hmm. he was dead on. He was dead on. It, it's we are getting a lot more done with less, so much so that there's no longer less associated with getting more done. There's actually a different person stayed true to public and corporate worship, a different type of, and I'm not saying those who didn't are awful people or bad Christians are not going to have zero, zero judgment because I, I, it is a more, we've gotten better at, at doing ministry through the internet to your home. So stay home, Billy's sick, got the sniffles. Everybody's Everybody now is one good reason or even a decent excuse away from not going to church. So we, we've gotten better at, at saying stay at home because we have this great thing produced for you at home and everybody's one excuse away. So that's going to happen. So I, the overall numbers, nobody really knows because the guy that counts clicks says my church grew from 100 to 10,000. Well, no, it, you, you promoted it on Facebook and a click is not a, a believer, et cetera. So right. I, I don't think anybody knows how many people are going to their church. I don't think anybody knows what the influence of their ministry is with any certainty anymore, period. Yeah. But I also say this, the people that are coming are a different sort and they're, they're a good sort. They are, they are a joy to work with and they want to get involved. And they're, they're asking, they're not saying, why are you asking me for so much? They're saying, how can I get involved? How can I give more? How can I serve more? Uh, They're excited about new things. And we've got this great base that stayed faithful and this great new influx of people that are excited and, you know, leading through COVID was hard leading out of away from COVID has its challenges, but I, I think we're more fruitful because of, again, the pruning, not to say that if you don't go to church, you're a dead branch. I'm not saying that our, our ministry personally through testimony is in a better position now than pre COVID. And what's missing is the consumer that thought they were there for a product that complained about the items that weren't on the menu. Those guys are long gone. Matter of fact, the wonderful thing is they've all gone to the same church and they're all, they're all, that church has exploded in growth. It's like, God bless you. I, some people create happiness wherever they go, others, whenever they go. And, and I'm, I am happy. I'm happy for those that, that are here whenever and, and wherever. And uh, so all good stuff. And, and, and what I've, uh, and just to kind of pick up on that, what pastors are telling me is that, John, I'm not getting the new growth primarily is not from other churches. Yes. It's from people who have never gone to church, people who are worried about what's going on in the world. Yeah. And decided, man, I, yeah. I better get my myself into church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got to find answers here. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. I'm concerned about the future. Um, yeah. And, and so that's exciting to me that it's not transfer growth. Uh, yes. You know, and, and so most of our clients are reporting this trend. And I think that is so exciting, you know, so, yeah. so if you're listening or watching today, here's a takeaway under this second trend that I really would like you to think about prepare for new growth. Yes. Yeah, please. Prepare for it. Um, I've yeah. got a couple ideas, man. Upgrade your guest experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have to get an outsider to come in and help help you with that, just to watch a fresh set of eyes to help observe what happens in your gatherings. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it'll be any money you spend to do that will be worth its weight in gold because yeah. um because there is a um, there is a blindness that comes to all of us, yeah. No matter how good we are at what we do, the longer we do something, and it's amazing, yeah. Jim. Uh, when I go to a church 
Uh, and I try not to always have the consultant hat on. You know, sometimes I just I just want to participate. You know, and not right. think about stuff. But every once yeah. in a while, that 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 hat finds itself on my head, and I think about what what is the guest experience from the time they drive into the parking lot till the time yes. they get into a seat, and then yes. what happens afterwards? Are are we? Are we making our gatherings understandable to somebody who doesn't know anything about Jesus yes. or doesn't know anything about our church? Yes. You know, create space for those new people. Uh, yes. Think about them throughout that entire process. Then I think the number one issue of somebody who's coming to church to a church for the first time is anxiety. Sure. The unknown, strangers, new person. What if I stand up when I should have sat down? What if I don't know the words of the songs? What if my kids don't make friends? Absolutely. 100%. And so a great yeah. guest experience reduces that anxiety. Huge. Huge. Um, you know, make room for these new people to encounter Jesus. Yes. Look, I mean, when it, the bottom line is, is this encounter. Man, the, the, when people encounter Jesus, their life changes. Yeah. Their life changes. Yeah. And, and so make room for that. Do what you, and I would just say one other thing. Uh, do what you need to do, pastor, leader, to be fresh in the yeah. pulpit. Let yeah. your preaching and teaching uh, come out of a deep reservoir uh, other than coming out of fumes. And I think you know what I mean. Uh, I do. By the, and, <laughs> and so, Jim, I'm so excited about this friend. And I want to encourage pastors, look, you've been through the last two and a half years have been incredibly complicated and hard. Um, we are seeing uh, a continued uptick in the number of pastors, lead pastors, who are seriously considering quitting. Jim, it's up to 42%. Yeah. It was 31% a year ago. 42. Yeah. And and so what we're trying to do today, what hopefully we can accomplish today is tell you there are good things happening. Yes. And and they can happen to you and you can you can participate in that. Um don't let all of the negative headlines uh discourage you to the point where you think it's hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's, it's a day of harvest and you say, well, it's not at my church. So I'm, that's, I'm more discouraged. Stop. It, it's planting seeds in good soil always produces something. That's right. You know, watering those seeds in prayer always produces something. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's easy, but I'm not going to say it's complicated. Love God, love people. Help them find their giftings, release them in them, be a church together, and and God will produce an environment that people will be drawn to. And yeah, it's 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 awesome. I I understand that if you don't have the grace on your life to be a pastor, it's probably a terrible job, just like a school teacher would be, yeah. just like a police officer would be, or any any other thing that you know. It's a calling or it's a terrible job. Those are your two choices. So, but if you are called and you're discouraged, chances are you need a day off. Chances are you need a different rhythm. Chances are you need to hear some good news. Chances are you need a date night with your spouse. You know, chances are you're exhausted from COVID and everybody's back and wants to go back to work and you're you're already exhausted and frustrated and you lost key people. I, I get all that. 
but get off social media for a week and see if your attitude doesn't improve. Get in the word of God, get off the news, get, you know, get on your face and I'll, I'll bet things turn around. So in the meantime, you know, 40, was it 41, 42% yeah, thinking about quitting? Okay. This is what I'm shocked at. I'm shocked that 50% of the pastors lied because if you're a pastor, you're always thinking about quitting in one form or another. They're, you know, it's Monday. You're exhausted from Sunday, you know? So I, 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 I get the thought. I mean, I, I wanted to quit a lot of covenant relationships, children, marriage, congregations, a citizen of the United States. We're, we all get exhausted. We all want to quit, but we don't. Those, we won't have a 41% turnover in the next year in the pulpit because you're going to be encouraged by something. So let, let this news encourage you. God's doing good things. Look at what is right. Look at what is going well. Look at, look at what can happen and get your eyes off of, you know, the, the war in Russia. You just, just for, just for a week, just take a break from the world. So every problem in the world, get on your face, walk your community, love Jesus. And I bet you good things start to happen in your heart. Yeah, that's good, John. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, Jim, I'd like to uh, have you wrap us up. We'll 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 jump okay. on the other two in uh, episode one sixty. All right. Well, here's the deal. For thirty minutes, if you can't find a single thing right in your life, call John. I bet you can find ten in thirty minutes. Well, Jim, if you're not encouraged, <laughs> I bet you I bet you you can be encouraged by the end of it. Um, if you're suffering in silence, if you're discouraged all alone, if nobody understands. Uh, you're believing things that just simply aren't true. Mm-hmm. But when you're exhausted, when you're hurt, when you're discouraged, lies become very believable and quitting becomes a, a very reasonable option. So if you're losing hope, don't lose it. It's okay to, to have it challenged. But there are friends, there are pastors, there are counselors, there is Converge Coaching. If you go to convergecoach.com and uh, and press on that button, I'm on a 30-minute conversation with one of the team members um, that's a good place to start because maybe maybe there is a, a legitimate problem we can help you with. Maybe you just need a sounding board to vent. Maybe you need to be encouraged. Maybe you need prayer. We're, we're not a we're, we're not just a, a prayer ministry, but there's not a ministry without prayer within Converge. So we we're here to listen. We're here to help. We're, if there's one area that's really discouraging or hurting you or you're not fruitful in, that's I bet you we are or we know somebody that can help you in that area. So let's let's conversation real soon in the meantime god bless you it's a good day god's on the move church is growing people are learning generosity uh let's let's go out this week and make something happen for the kingdom of god so god bless you our dear listeners and watchers we're praying for you we're cheering for you you're gonna make it and you're gonna make it big by the glory of god as you continue to lead from alliance